What do I hear more than anything right now about this real estate market is when is the bubble going to burst? I'm Byron Lazine, along with Nicole White and Heidi DeRusso of Warning Company at William Ravis Real Estate. And to answer that question, we've invited Brian Skelly, lender over at William Ravis Mortgage to join us on today's show. Brian, how are you? And welcome to Real Estate Radio, your first time. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I love when we're here to see people pop their cherry. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Look at that. Here Brian. it is. It's happening. When did you it think is happening. the first inappropriate comment was going to come up? Did you I think thought it, was... it would take at least a couple minutes, but we got right into it. <laughs> gotta. Yeah. Come on. You got to make everyone feel comfortable and right at home. So we're got me smiling. Right off. Welcome. Smiling. Welcome. We're happy to have you. So I hear that question all the time right now. People are like, you know what, I'm gonna wait. This is a bubble, it's gonna pop, it has to pop. It happened in 2008, it's gonna happen again, just like then, it'll happen now. Uh, are you hearing that, Brian, from people that are interested in getting a mortgage? Is that something you're consistently hearing from your clients, past clients, even friends? Even agents, I, I bet agents, agents are calling too. you too. They yeah. talk to a yeah. lot of agents. A little bit, but not not a lot. It's not It's not coming up as prevalent and I think that also kind of answers the question as to why this is not like what happened then. And, and you know, I'm so sure we'll what, get into that. Well, yeah, I do want to get into whether you think this is similar to, you know, 2007, 2008. Uh, you know, I definitely want your, your opinion on that. So what are you hearing? But first, what are you hearing more of? You're probably hearing more of like, can you close my loan like yesterday? Is that what you're hearing? You know, <laughs> some of that. Yeah, there's a lot of urgency. Yeah. And I mean, it's is very that from intense. agents or clients or both. You have a tough job, Brian. Yeah, it, it is challenging at times. Yeah. Well, uh, dealing with agents alone is tough. Yeah. yeah, I'm lucky. I have a good team. They do a good job of checking all the boxes. There's a lot of things that have to happen. But, um, but I mean, I think the reason that people are buying and what really is concerning people the most is that they need a new place to live. You know, and that's being driven by a lot of factors that are different than 2005, 2006. You know, actually, I got in the mortgage business in 2005, kind of at the end of some of that frenzy of, of home buying. Well, and six and seven, though, was still, was still six crazy. Six and seven, yeah, was still very busy. And, you know, so the people I'm talking to now, you know, they lived in the city and now they want to move out of the city or they got married or they had a kid or they used to work in an office and now they work from home. And so these are all reasons why people need a new place to live. And this is, that's what's driving demand right now. There's a lot of demand and not a lot of supply. And you know, so if you think about you know, your economics 101 you took in high school, when you have high demand, not a lot of supply, you know, that makes prices go up. Whereas in 2005, I'll tell you the story, I had to go and like take a class when I was getting um, first getting started to become a loan officer. So there's like 50 people in this conference room of people that are learning how to do mortgages, like all kinds of people that used to sell cars and, you know, work at restaurants. Everybody's like, okay, let's go get in the mortgage business. And we're on this coffee break and everybody's sitting around and I'm like 22 years old and they're all talking about how they all bought condos in Florida. Like every, I'm in the circle of like 10 people and like nine of them are like, Oh yeah, I just bought a condo in Florida. And why were those people buying? Did they need to live in in Florida? No, they like 
They just thought home prices were going to go up and up and up. Yeah. It well, was, and it was very speculative. The, and I don't mean to intrude there, no, but like, ahead. but to get a loan, you didn't even have to have a flipping job. And then you were doing interest only, so that second home down in Florida was costing you three hundred dollars a month. Totally, because you weren't really actually paying anything. So who wouldn't buy a house in Florida if it was going to cost them three hundred dollars a month? That that's an Absolutely. interesting uh, difference. I do remember when I bought three homes, 19 to 21, during the mortgage crisis, and I was also really stupid. But in oh, my I, in my mind, in my mind, I was convinced, and and it wasn't just because I was convinced of this. The market was convinced that real estate prices are going to go up so much that yep. if you don't buy right now, the prices are going to run away from you, and you'll never be able to afford. People thought. Every year, over year, over year, prices were going to go up. I don't get the sense right now that people uh, believe they're just going to keep going up forever. You know, we've seen them jump up over the last year. We're expecting them obviously to go up, you know, as much as another 10%, maybe even more this year. But I do, you know, I get the sense, and Heidi and, and Nicole, tell me if I'm wrong with people that you're talking to. I get the sense that people believe prices aren't going to drop but they're not going to continue to accelerate at the rate we've seen. There's going to be a leveling off somewhere. And I, I feel like that's an overwhelming uh, consensus for most people that are thinking about investing or buying. I, I do think a lot of the buyers now are more educated and everybody still remembers the crash that happened in the early 2000s. So with that knowledge behind them, everyone is saying at some point it's going to plateau, but when? And like, we can't time the market. None of us have a crystal ball. Otherwise, we'd probably be making a lot more money. But I do see people wanting to get in, get in now while those prices are still, they're high, but they're not too crazy. Um, and interest rates are still low because they, everyone's expecting them to continue to rise over the next year. But I think also what Brian was saying earlier about people getting married or you know moving out of the city or now they have three kids and when they bought the house there was one kid. So that you still have to make moves. You still have yeah. to move up. You still have to downsize. Um, and, and I think I think what actually is probably encouraging a lot of people to maybe move up quicker is because they can actually now maximize on the home that they currently have as well. So even though maybe you're paying a little bit more on the flip side, which I mean rates right now are are lower now than they were in 08. So like the mm -hmm. money is cheaper now regardless, but but for you to, you know, maybe pay a little bit more on the other end to 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 maximize on where you are right now. It's almost making up the difference, right? Like you're selling a house that was maybe originally worth 3 and a quarter, now you're getting 4, right? So now you got almost $75,000 more in your pocket than you thought you were going to ever have. Right. And again, like and, and I think that's why you're sort of willing to maybe push it a little bit more. I I, I think that prices will like you're saying, like they'll maintain. I, I think again, there was that bubble because it was it was mortgage driven. I mean, I'm certain that your sure. process as a mortgage um, professional is you are looking over everybody's tax returns. You're looking at everybody's pay stubs. That was not the case back in 05. Yeah, that that's very true. I and mean, the mortgage products have changed drastically. And there are laws, actually. I mean, it was such a, a big problem and such a catastrophe what happened in 2008. They passed the Dodd-Frank Act, which includes provisions such as the ability to repay. So you, you can't just give somebody a loan because they have a job or even just because they have a bunch of money in the bank. You have to document they have the income to cover the payments. Did, but yeah, Brian, did you have the feeling in your gut 
when you started in in 05, 06, 07 on on some of the loans like you know I know with the guidelines then you could hand out these loans but did you have a feeling in your gut that something was wrong and do you have any of those feelings now That's a very good question. So You know, I think, you know, when we talked about being stupid when we were younger, you know, there's that expression that hindsight is 2020. I don't think I don't think I did realize it. Like what's when you're in it, you were new to the industry. I was I was new. But yeah, like you said, I mean, there was the market believed that that was the way that it was, that home prices were going to continue to go up. And so, I mean, one thing we haven't talked about yet that needs to be said is that a tremendous number of mortgages were very popular in 2005. It was there was a loan called the two year arm. OK, and so and there were options available where you could pay even less than the amount of interest that was due. There was this thing called the negative amortization loan, which meant that not only did you not have to pay money towards paying down the mortgage, you could pay less than that if you wanted to. So well, the and I paid less than that for up. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody was OK with it because they're like, all right, well, Home well, prices if, are going to accept. If you're going to a professional, up. though, and they're and they're the one writing the loan for you, like of course you are. But I, I, we can yeah. get into that in the after the break. But I mean, that's that's one of the big differences between that market and this market. When we come back. Brian's going to tell us exactly why he believes this is or isn't a bubble forming. More of that when we come back. Real Estate Radio, WDRC, the talk of Connecticut. Real Estate Radio, Byron Lazine, Nicole White, Heidi DeRusso. And today we're joined by Brian Skelly from William Ravis Mortgage. Brian, is this a bubble? Your opinion. Obviously, everybody out there has an opinion on this. Uh, but you, you see the headlines kind of popping up left and right. Bubble this, bubble that for real estate. Are we in a bubble like 2008? My opinion is that we are not. And that has to do with the, that there's a lot less speculation going on. I think people are buying a home because they need a place to live in. You know, there's a tremendous number of young people. I, I read somewhere that, you know, s- about 7 million millennials turn 30 this year. Another 7 million will turn 30 next year. And, you know, they're ready to move out of the city. They're ready to start a family. And they're, th- that's creating demand. And I mean, the other thing, too, is I think COVID really had an impact on the supply of homes that are listed for sale. I mean, you know, my wife and I, we were pretty conservative during most of COVID and we wouldn't have wanted a lot of strangers coming in our house and and walking through. And, you know, so if we wanted to sell, you know, we probably would have waited to list it for sale. So, I mean, you get back to the supply and demand. Uh, Prices have been going up 
because of the lack of supply with high demand. And I think we're just going to kind of see a leveling off. I, I mean, I think that the kind of appreciation or the rate at which prices are going up will not continue. Uh, and I think everybody kind of believes that. Like you, th- you look at 2005, everybody thought these crazy 12%, 15% appreciation rates were going to continue. I don't think people think that now. I think everybody expects that it, that it won't continue. And that's probably what will happen. It'll probably go back to like the historical rate, I think. You know, on, on average, homes appreciate at three or four percent. And I think we'll like kind of just slowly get back to that. But I don't think it's a bubble. I think there's a lot more accountability, though, now, too, because, again, obviously us as agents we're you know, every time we put a house under contract, I mean, what's our what's our what's our number one concern? So our clients, number one concern are what are the comps? Well, will it appraise, right? Oh, and appraise. Yeah, yeah of I course. Mean, which obviously goes along with that. So it's but I feel also back then like there there was never that concern. You know, it was like you actually at that time were able to call the appraiser that you wanted. Oh, God. And you could. There was, hey, there's a lot of things wrong last time. Hey, hey, appraisals hey, were definitely one of them. Yeah. Hey, Bob, uh, can you get over to this? Like now, like I need that you to don't be 320. To thanks. Your appraiser. I mean, I'm not even probably, allowed to talk to the appraiser. I can't you, even call him. You have a pool of you have a pool of appraisers that the bank sends out. Um, but again, there's a lot more. There's a lot more accountability now that will I think will help keep that bubble, quote unquote, from getting so large because they just won't comp out. I mean, well, the appraisers, I feel like are a lot more conservative now, too, especially this past six months. Well, we their name of, is on it. Of course, on the line. And it, which is great. It's good for the buyers. It's good for the banks. It's it's good for everybody. But I think the only um, I don't know what the right word is, but what could change all those comps and make them higher is all the cash that's in the system now. Like there's so many people coming in and buying up these homes cash, and they don't care about the appraisal, so they're gonna be that new comp that kind of raises the price, right? In Connecticut, for, you know, in 2020, a lot of those New York cash buyers did jack up the comps where it's easier for appraisers right now, you know, you know, to hit some of these higher numbers, but they've, they, it's been way different in terms of, of how you appraise a home uh, than it was back in 2005, 2006, 2007. You could you could get anything. Literally call appraisal. your. I was like, hey, can you call my my friend? Like when yeah, I was ever buying my house, appraiser. I'm like, my friend's an appraiser. Yeah. Why don't you just give him a call? I'd love to give him the business. And they're like, all right, yeah. we know him. We'll give him a call. And, and then you tell your oh, friend yeah. like, I want it to come in at this number because that would never fly now. I mean, no. it was just yeah. And then you had to pay no money. I mean, I was 24, and I'm like, honey, like our mortgage on a three hundred thousand dollar house is like is like nine hundred dollars oh like we God. are roll and like and then you start spending and then you buy a car and yeah. then you buy the furniture for and the then house you think you and then you can afford a child because oh. it's only nine hundred dollars yeah i'm just talking about me though not the whole world but um no that's probably the, a lot that's of people did that story yeah back then yeah <laughs> <laughs> you were part of the average there i was definitely i mean well, you didn't buy a boat it, though it, it, I didn't buy a boat, no. But again, like I, I did maximize though, because I did buy a condo and I made a lot of money off of that condo, which allowed me to um, to buy the next house. And then too, we were doing the first and second mortgage, so that I didn't have to actually pay PMI. So I, I still owe a hundred percent of my second loan on that house still, because oh, I haven't even started to pay anything down on it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's totally different now. Brian, I mean, during during that time, it was what? you. It was five and a half to seven and a half percent interest rates from 05 to seven, something like that. 
I was, uh, it was at over, six. It was over six. I was at over six, six and a quarter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the bank started calling you being like, hey, you want to hop into like a five-year arm real quick? Because we think like the, the market's changing. And I was like, sure, I'll do a five-year arm. And like, oh, my God. It was just a disaster. Yeah. There was this belief <laughs> that you could get into these adjustable rates and then you'd always be, you'll be able to refinance and values will keep going up. You'll well, luckily right now, it, the, the rates true. are keeping my variable rate quite low. So I'm I'm happy. Yeah. But Brian, we don't like good. we don't good. like a variable rate, do we? No, we term. don't. No, no, no. I mean, that was everybody kind of learned that lesson the hard way that you know if you're going to be in the house for more than five years, you shouldn't be in a variable rate. And I'd say probably ninety five percent of the loans that I do are, are fixed rate loans. Who does a fixed. who does a variable rate work for? Like, there, there's a product out there for a reason. I, I think it's very few people, but who who would it work for? Um, they're t typically popular with people that are, that know they're only going to be in the house for a short period of time. Like, so like if you, maybe if you're in the Coast Guard like or something, you know, you're going to be in Connecticut for three years and then you're going to go somewhere else. It might be a good fit for that. And but you got to have how much rates aren't even that much better. Like, you know, I, I usually just say like, you're not really getting that much better rate. Like, even if you're not sure if you're going to stay or go. Like get the fixed rate. Oh, God forbid you, you can't get rid of up. the house. Now you're having to hold on to it and yeah. it becomes a, a rental property, which was never the intention. Absolutely. Yeah. Payment's you know, bigger now. So it's, it's basically like insurance. You know, if you get a fixed rate, it's like insurance against the fact that if you have to keep this loan, you don't have to worry about the payment going up. And that, that was what kind of started the whole bubble popping. We had, you know, tons of people in 2007, 2008 where the rates adjusted and went up a lot. And all of a sudden people were like, I can't afford this house anymore. Well, and there was like a, a, a tremendous supply of houses for sale. And then mm. on top of that though, is if you were doing sort of that deferred payment, which was like the third option, which is yeah. what I, you know, drove home on. What I did what I didn't pay too what went on top of it. Yeah. So, so not only did my payment like go up, now. it was almost like I, they added almost $20,000 onto my loan because I had deferred yeah. so much of that money yep. that now a $300,000 house turned into like a $350,000 house, which right. if I couldn't even afford it at the very beginning, how does anyone expect anybody to afford it at the very end? Yeah, the, yeah. the, whole, the whole thing was... Well, was Going to turn into a pumpkin at twelve o'clock, yeah. right? And everything right now. <laughs> and we saw that right now. Your thirty-year fixed is very affordable, Brian. What's the interest rate right now? Uh, so we're, I mean, you're, it does vary depending the on average, the down yeah. payment, credit score, but you're looking at you know low threes, close to three right now. Are you doing jumbo loans? Are you guys in the jumbo loan business yeah. right now? You yeah, are. We do jumbo loans because yeah. some of them, some people I know, sort of bailed out of jumbo loans during all of this because they were concerned about. Uh, yeah, some of the banks have cut back. I mean, the down payment requirements are certainly higher than they were in 2005. I mean, generally, a lot of the banks require 20% down. We have a few different banks we work with that will sometimes let you do 10% down. Yeah, I saw jumbo. one. Was it like 10.01% for a jumbo? Some of, Yeah, some of them will do that, yeah. Yeah, and for the listeners, what is a jumbo loan? Ah, thank you. Thank you. We're getting a, Look at a you, Heidi. shock talk here. Yep. Look at you, a little softball. So a, I like a jumbo it. loan is a... So most loans in the United States get sold to uh, either Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac by the banks. And, and it, there's a loan limit at which point it's uh, not eligible to be sold to Fannie Mae. So they call that a jumbo loan. Currently, in, in most counties in Connecticut, it's 548 is the jumbo limit. And that and that and that's a purchase price or a mortgage price? Loan amount. Loan, loan amount. amount. Okay. So, yeah, it could be a higher price. Yep. Now, in 2005, the jumbo loan limit was 356. 
not that that really matters, but since we're talking, that's the topic yeah. for today. So it's come up a lot. So, you know, that that's helpful to homeowners. But you know, if you're getting they're getting 30 year fixed, you know, say safer products, people have more skin in the game, too. You know, most people are doing five or 10 percent down or even 20 percent, you know, so they're statistically you're less likely to foreclose on your house if you with a bigger down payment. Right. Three percent right. right now on a 30 year fixed is like stealing money. And, you know, just if, if this thing goes up, I'm telling you, this is this is what will push the market down. If interest Absolutely. rates go up to 4%, you will see buyers disappear and you will see home values go down as close as 10%. If we go from 3% interest rates on a mortgage to four, rule of thumb is you lose about 10% with that 1% in, you know, increase in the mortgage rates. You lose about 10%. It'll take three to six months for it to happen. If if four percent sustains for that long, say it sustains for six months, you'll lose ten percent of home value. So people are waiting for the market to slow down. Watch the ten year and watch the mortgage interest rates. Right now at three percent, if you're staying in a home for seven or more years, even even five or more years, right now with these rates, it's a great opportunity to go grab that thirty year fixed. All right, we come back. We've got a little bit of real estate updates here for the last week at One Ant Company and some Martin's money. We got to splash around some Martin's money. A whole bunch of it got splashed around last week at Mohegan Sun at the home show, but we're going to we're going to share some of that with you here on this show. Stay with us Real Estate Radio WDRC, the talk of Connecticut. Anything you want in this market, especially if you're a seller. I mean, open houses at midnight if you wanted to. We've got some one and company at William Ravis open houses, but they're all already over because it's it's Sunday afternoon. I mean, we've been doing them in the morning. You know, who would have ever thought <laughs> those would work? But when a market as is as incredible as this, you can do them anytime you want. But we do have one open house if you're driving around that you can still hit. Heidi, what's the open house and what's our one and company at William Ravis rewind for the week? So the open house right now that you can rush to and make is at 66 High Street in Guilford with Nicole White, and she'll be there till 2 o'clock. So go, go stop in and check out. I'm doing double group. duty right now. A traditional yeah. a traditional time uh, open house going till 2 o'clock. And she makes it work. She multitasks. Yes. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Nic- awesome at multitasking. A Nicole White listing. That's right. All right, and then this past week from May 15th to 22nd at One & Company, we had five properties listed, one price improvement, 10 under contract, and three closed. And for just listed, we had 54 Saginaw Trail, number 54 in Guilford, Connecticut, and that's with Jocelyn Romano. This one is listed at $179,000. It's a cute, cute condo, two bedrooms, one full bath, completely remodeled up in North Guilford. You have like views of the lakes. You have an updated kitchen, granite counter- countertops. It's like the best deal in town. So and you have sure at you least 15 it. more minutes to get your offers in. Basically, I mean, yeah, you have till the end of the day. 
Um, and again, that's with Jocelyn Romano. You can contact her at Jocelyn at oneandcompany.com. And then we have 410 Emmett Street in Bristol, Connecticut. And that's for $155,000. That is listed with Mary Sutera. And this one's super, super cute. Another condo, two bedrooms, one bath, 1,200 plus square feet. And again, $155,000. So definitely go scoop that one up. You can contact Mary at Mary at oneandcompany.com. Um, another condo. Wow, lots of condos this week. So we have 364 Main Street in East Haven, Connecticut. That's listed with myself. And we just listed that at $120,000. Another great deal. Two bedrooms, one full bath, clean, updated bathroom and kitchen. Um, so you can reach out to me at Heidi at oneandcompany.com for that one. I feel like all these sub $200,000 uh, listings that we've been listing, we should have just been buying. We should have been buying them ourselves and renting them out. These are ridiculous. Probably. Things. Where's the equity buyer? And there's like $600,000 we can just go buy right now. Yeah, we, we should be doing that. And then we'll put our sellers in it so they can rent them out. Oh, there they you go. go. Buy See, rentals. That's what we need. Mm-hmm. We, got, we have to hold on to them so people can start selling so they can then buy. That's right. They're transitional property. It's going to be a new a new business model. Brian, yep. can you uh, lend on that business model? Jumbo uh, This is not 2005 anymore. <laughs> okay, that's right. We, that was the last segment. We talked about that. Sorry. Write you an IOU on a wrapper. Yeah. Um, the next one is we have 131 North Main Street, number three in Brantford, Connecticut. And that one's for $100,000. This one's also listed with myself. It's a one bedroom, one bath, super cute on Main Street in Brantford. Um, and the tenant would like to stay. So this would be a great investment property. You can email me at Heidi at oneandcompany.com if you want any information on that. And then we also Does have- Does the tenant one... have to stay, Heidi? He doesn't have to, but he would okay. like to. Mm-hmm. And like, Very. what- very nice. What of you investor to doesn't that. want to buy a condo? Well, you know, I work with investors, and they're always like, "Does the tenant want to stay? Are they going to stay?" And I want to look for another one. So, yeah. Well, the, so it's, it's an option. It's a buyer option. Correct. Love it. Um, and then one B Honey Hill Road in East Haddam, Connecticut, and that is listed for six forty nine with Lebar that just hit the market yesterday, and this one is gorgeous. It's completely updated. 2200 square foot home tranquil horse property you've got to contact lee for this one and you can email him at lee at oneandcompany.com beautiful uh, horse barn on that property too uh the photos are gorgeous yeah. uh then we had a price improvement on 23 marshway in stratford and that's listed with chris cabrera and we just dropped the price to $63,900 cute cute condo in stratford it, it's a steal and it's two bedrooms. Oh, no, it's not. I lied. It's one bedroom, one bath, end unit, own private driveway. I believe he has a contract in on that one. Or maybe he's at least negotiating one. But yeah, I, th- I think I heard something about that. But anyways, reach out to Chris. Chris at oneandcompany.com for any information on 23 Marshway in Stratford. And as far as under contract goes, we have a condo in East Haven. We have a condo in Brantford condo in Milford, a home in Meriden, Wallingford, another condo in New Haven, a home in Stonington, Thomaston, Farmington, and Newington, all accepted offers. Um, and then closed, we closed out Brantford, Killingly, and Groton this week. Awesome. That is your one and company rewind for the week. You can check out our rewinds and all of our activity over at blog.oneandcompany.com. Dot com. Brian, you got any uh, any real estate you wanted to promote? 
No. 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 We're, we're with Brian Skelly, who is with R William Ravis Mortgage. And if you were listening earlier, we're talking about this incredible market. There's probably a lot of people, you know, or a lot of headlines that you've seen that are throwing out the word bubble. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why all of us here, I think we're all in a consensus. We don't believe we are in a bubble similar to 2007, 2008. Are we all in agreement on that? We are. Yep. We are. Aye, aye, Captain. There we go. There's actually three reasons. NAR says people are moving right now. Downsizers, trade uppers, and super seniors. Super seniors with lots of What's equity. What's a super senior? Super senior. Just uh, people with lots of equity. Seniors with, with lots of equity. Makes them mm -hmm. super, I guess, according to NAR, National Association of Realtors. But, you know, last year we saw a lot of people from New York trying to get out of the city. Uh, so they weren't really in any of these categories. But th these are the reasons people that are selling their homes are moving. They're either downsizing, trading up, or they're a super senior. They got t tons of equity and they want to move their location. I'm surprised employment isn't on that list. I mean, being able to work remotely or getting a new job. Well, it seems like all these things are the reasons that everybody moves every year, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. That that That's a good point, Nicole. But <laughs> they mean, seem very everyone's I mean, moving up everyone's like, downsizing yeah i agree with you there's though like I, maybe I, the job I, thing yeah. but i mean those are always on the list there are always reasons for people to move i mean but like a couple of years ago everybody was talking about how everybody's moving out of connecticut because all these companies are leaving connecticut now i talk to a lot of people that 100 percent in jobs and they're like because of my job i'm moving to connecticut you didn't yep. hear that a few years ago although in 2020 come back, nicole guys. and i checked the numbers we were shocked that we didn't for the first year gain population in Connecticut in 2020. We were convinced like boots on the ground with as many people moving in from New York. I, the only thing I can think is that a lot of these people were buying second homes, which we did right. see. Although oh, I know okay. I know a New York couple that bought in Essex that um, they are they got rid of their their New York apartment and they're like switching he, he just asked me for some attorney contacts. They're switching their business over to Connecticut, their headquarters in their business, and, and they're able to work from home. Uh, but we did lose population in 2020. I'm super curious. You can't get good data on population like month to month. You usually have to wait for the, like the end of the year, these migration patterns. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'd be so curious to see where we're at here in, in 2021. Certainly would be interesting. I mean, we do have a lot of older healthier. people in Connecticut that could have passed away that would offset the younger people moving into Connecticut, possibly. I don't know. That's possible. Well, a lot of the baby boomers are going to be, especially as like restrictions loosen up, um, we get closer to like full vaccination. They're probably going to be selling their homes in Connecticut and going down south. Yeah. And the well, some of them still have the Kinetic homes, too. They, maybe they just changed their official residence to Florida, but they're still here. In oh, I guarantee you that's 90 percent of the individuals. You know, they have their house up here, but, you know, another state is their primary. Yeah. But I do think that a lot of people, because, again, I, I feel like in 2020, I know we're talking about this year, but I do know in 2020, I put a lot of deals together on individuals that hadn't lived here in a while. You know, they were sort of keeping it for like a summer spa, spa or, you know, it was where, the, where, the, where they raised their children. Mm -hmm. And they finally were like, this is the time. This is the time for me to capitalize. And they did. They they were finally able to sell that family home. Not that they had to, but it was just the right time to do it. They saw the opportunity for them. Right. Yeah. I think we're going to continue to see that, though. I think um, 
and we're just continue to see a lot of people having babies and needing like the bigger space. Like the the demand's not going away. A lot of babies. Now that the bars are open back up, the you think there's gonna be a boom in, in babies? Is that what you're predicting? <laughs> well, I was Heidi? talking. So like like well, that's as crazy as people say that there's gonna be a baby boom after the pandemic. I mean, if you're stuck be. home, if you're stuck home with one child, there is never ever gonna be a second child. No, so but you're wrong, and I'll tell you why. So like ninety percent of the women in my family are all nurses at Yale, right? And they work on the delivery floor and then the postpartum floor. And the the all the OBGYNs are saying like it's gonna be insane the next year. Really? Like they're so understaffed. They have people well, delivering I, right now in the hallways. Well, I think that's understaffing. Understaffed I think, I and mean, then and then are we seeing more babies being the, delivered? The millennials are finally at yeah. baby making age, you know. Yeah, but Maybe, no, they said I that their know. numbers are higher than I was ever stuck been. home with three of them, and I tell you, there is nothing but, in the world you know that would ever make me want to have the. Floor. Heidi's probably right so, here because we've seen how many millennials have finally gotten out of the apartment and bought a home. I mean, once you have a house, the fence. You know, the dog is is interesting for maybe a year right, or two, and then you go no into the kids. Right, because there's no children yet. There's no children yet. But so what the like, doctor said, though, is that everybody <laughs> who was planning on ha- having babies last year, they held off because of the pandemic, and they were too afraid to go into the hospitals and make their doctor's appointments. Now, oh, that's interesting. Now they're all feeling safe and comfortable. Well, we, I you had, did the opposite. I had a panty baby. <laughs> Well, but you didn't know that you were going to have a, a pandemic baby. It's not like you held off no. because you were in the middle of the pandemic. I think actually, uh, some, yeah. It all happened before March. Well, right, right at the same because yeah. you and Ryan both had a baby. It was like February, March, right at the very beginning. November was mm-hmm. uh, November was the de- delivery, so it must have been before March. Oh, right, it had to have been, or just yeah. right around that. Yeah, time. Ryan's baby right was it. born like the no, week we went to it was, lockdown. It was it was March. It was right, wasn't it March? I guess it would have been look February. At us. We're all a mess. Yeah, look at that February at least because you got nine. It's really ten month countdown. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm a real estate agent, but. <laughs> Don't right. quote and him. clearly we're not mathematicians either. <laughs> and we can't even so. figure out the nine or ten months. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> All right, we come back like we promised before. We are finally. But you do know when your child was born, though. That was a good yeah, November. one. That's a good one. November. Yeah, yeah. It yep. was election night. Anyway. November 3rd. That's right. There we go. That's right. There it is. All right, we're going to finally give away some of Martin's money when we come back, courtesy of Service Station Equipment. So stay with us for that. You're listening to Real Estate Radio on WDRC, the talk of Connecticut. Real Estate Radio, Byron Lazine, Nicole White, Heidi DeRusso of Warning Company at William Ravis Real Estate. We've got Brian Skelly from William Ravis Mortgage with us. And we're going to give away a little bit of Martin's money. And since we've got Brian here, uh, we're going to make it really easy for you to get Martin's money. We'll give you a gift card to your favorite local restaurant. If you can answer a question that we gave out earlier on the show, and that is, what is today's current average 30-year fixed mortgage rate. Did I say that right, Brian? Average 30-year fixed mortgage rate. Is that how you would say it? Uh, yes, uh, that's what I would say. And it, for my compliance department, I would appreciate it if I said, according to the weekly survey provided every Thursday by FreddieMac.com. Wow, Freddie Mac. Rates it, uh, average. Is that, is that, included is that, in the survey will include points. Is that the bedtime voice? Wow. Or? <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> I don't know. That's my radio. That's the guy at the end of the commercial. That's what he sounds so like. So according to Freddie, Freddie or Franny? Freddie? 
FreddieMac.com does a survey every week. According to Freddie Mac, what is the current 30-year fixed mortgage interest rate? If you are the first one to answer that correctly and email it into uh, info at oneandcompany.com, that is info at oneandcompany.com, all spelled out. If you're the first one to answer the current 30-year fixed mortgage interest rate, we'll give you a gift card to your favorite local restaurant, a little bit of Martin's money, courtesy of Service Station Equipment, your residential tank specialist. We'll let you pick the restaurants, support your local restaurants, which I'm so happy that they're all 100% opened at this point, the ones that want to be open. Yes. Couldn't be happier for them. They've been through not, They've been through a lot. Well, right, and I, I don't know if we were talking about it here or off, off air, but I mean, trying to get, unfortunately, I think what they're all up against at this point now is, is actually getting help Mm-hmm. You know, having people be able to actually Come have back people to, to employ, I think, has been the biggest challenge so far. But yeah, no, we're thrilled. Happy for them. Yeah, extremely happy. And you're right. They, if you're looking for a job, there's a lot of restaurants that are looking for help. And there's also a real estate team looking for help. You can go over to realestateagentscholarship.com if you want to get into real estate. Go to realestateagentscholarship.com. We'll pay for your license so you can join our team over here at One and Company. There are lots of job opportunities out there. I heard a stat, over 8 million job postings in this country that are not filled. Yeah, and I believe our lovely state of Connecticut is actually offering a $1,000 sort of bonus. I haven't heard that. What is take a job. Is that a real yes. thing? Where did you read that? I it mean, is that's a real great. thing. I believe that they're using some of the... Um, the COVID relief money that okay. was given. Okay. I believe it's up to a million dollars. I should pull up the article while I'm blabbling here, but yeah, no, a thousand dollars to each individual that um, takes a job. Yep. Any job. I mean, I'll pull I it up might, here. I just might go back into the restaurant I'll go, I'll go look. Mm-hmm. You guys, oh. you guys chat. Heidi, we I'll, need you right I'll, here, I'll, right where you're at. I know. But you know what the funny thing is, is like being like a server or a bartender is kind of like being a real estate agent. You have to like juggle a million things at once and be able to just go, 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 go till like, you know, two in the morning and then rest and then get up and do it all over again. So so if you're looking for a job, but you're not ready to get into real estate yet, why don't you go apply to be a server or a bartender first? You have to solve problems. You have to solve a lot of problems. You have to come up with solutions. You've got to... Give Think people, quick on your feet, for yeah, sure. An on-demand service, right? People go to a restaurant, they want, ser- you know, heaven forbid somebody waits more than 10 minutes, they get start going crazy. Um, so it's, it's yeah. a very difficult and job. To, and you got to work as a team. And you have, and you still have to sell too. Like I worked at Barcelona, New Haven, and I didn't even drink wine, but I would have to sell these like high-end wines to these clients and they would train me every Sunday to sell something I never even tasted. But you really, it's a whole presentation. Easiest, All right, I have easiest the article. sale ever though. <laughs> High-end wine? No, I mean, come I on. I don't know. Gotta. I don't know. All right. So as of May 18th, Connecticut is to pay unemployed workers $1,000 to get back to work. Governor Ned Lamont unveiled the state's back-to-work CT program this week as a means to incentivize those pushed out of work by the COVID pandemic. They're going to give $1,000 to long-term unemployed people after two months of working at a new job. Okay, so you have to stay there for two months. The incentive promises to provide 10,000 long-term unemployed Connecticut residents who obtain new jobs with a one-time $1,000 bonus after they have worked for eight consecutive weeks. 
It's the latest tool in our toolbox to maximize our state's recovery from the coronavirus pandemic, Lamont A lot says. of incentives. If you want a W-2 position, go hook up with uh, Ned. He'll give you a thousand bucks to go get yourself a W-2 job. And if you want a no cap on your income job, just go to realestateagentscholarship.com and we're giving you the incentive to pay for your license, to give back to, look at everybody is giving back to the community right now to get people back to work. What a beautiful thing. It's great. Everyone's working together. Go on Indeed though and just do a uh, search on how many jobs are out there. It'll blow your mind how many people are looking for, for help. But didn't they say too, um, I can't find the article, I tried looking for it earlier, Yahoo Finance put it out, but like the unemployment is like dropped again. Like people are going back to work. It's probably just like the housing inventory. It's gonna take time for it all to level back out. Absolutely. But we are on a decline for unemployment benefits, so that's that's good news. What is the current, does anyone know current unemployment right now? It says as of last month, the unemployment rate in the US was 6.1%. Yep. Just, just before the pandemic struck in 2020, the unemployment rate was 35 Mm -hmm. Connecticut, well, this is March, was up over eight. So I don't know where Connecticut is right yeah, now. Yeah, we're at eight. Connecticut has released figures for unemployment in April. In March, it was 8.3 compared to 3.8 a year earlier. So we're higher than the than So the we average. were at 3.8% before. We're, we're, the pandemic. we're over yep. double. We're, we're over double where we were. Over double. I mean, the country yep. was getting under 4% before the pandemic. So even being over yep. six, we still have a long way to go. Yes. Because these yep, jobs, the, 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 the frustrating part, especially for business owners, is the jobs are out there. Like it's all available now. We could drop back down to 4% mm -hmm. right now. It's, it's the, and people are getting mm -hmm. paid to go get a job. That's insane. Well, but again, keep in mind, though, there are a lot of companies and businesses and restaurants that did close. So, um, you know, those job opportunities aren't, e you know, aren't even in some communities any longer because because of these closures. Um, so I'm sure that's padding it a bit, too. But, yeah, I agree with you. The jobs are out there. Just it's time I, to take I gotta them. I imagine some just people must one. have changed industries, though. Like, I mean, if I Lots. was, you know, a bartender last year, I would have thought about getting in a different field of work and now maybe have another job somewhere else and maybe not going back to bartending. Well, it's interesting, though, because, again, we... Uh, that we had that experience here on the team. Somebody had a position that was, you know, minimized because of the pandemic. So they thought they were going to get into real estate. But now that that industry is back up and running, they're they're running back to it. So oh, they're running back to their career to the original. Yep. Yeah. So again, I think I think it, I think the next couple of months is going to be very interesting to see how it all shakes out and and where everybody lands for sure. Yeah, it mm -hmm. takes time. And some people might be making the leap and and finding out how much they love you know, real estate or whatever they go to next than their last job that got minimized. Right. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, yeah. but I'm excited again to see all my favorite waitresses back at work. Well, you know, what's what is also because we've been hiring at one and company. And by the way, you can join us real estate agent scholarship dot com <laughs> or go to one and company dot com and click the join our team tab. But uh, everybody that is getting hired, we've, we've made some hires even to the staff. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm uh, I've got a vacation in, in uh, you know, <laughs> next week. <laughs> well, but to everybody's defense, everybody's been planning vacations here forever and they're all getting pushed back. Uh, yeah. They're all going to happen this summer, which is, you know, I was just at a uh, my first real estate like conference get together with, you know, with over 100 people for the first time in a long time. All in one room? All in one room. Oh, yeah. No masks? Wow. No masks. This was in dallas texas mm -hmm. and um there was uh you know what they did they set up a green table 
a yellow table and a red table based off your comfort. Anyways, there would be so many more. Wow, nothing like making it so obvious. I mean, there would be so many more (laughs) conferences being booked right now if people could actually book the space because of the backlog. Hotels Mm -hmm. can't keep up with the demand for conferences. And to your point about workers, they can't get the people back to work them. So they are actually denying multiple conferences across the uh, country and states that are you know, that are at that point where they're, where they're doing conferences. All right. We got to wrap this up very quickly. Heidi, where can people reach you this week? If they got some real estate needs. Um, you can reach out and give me a call at 203-444-4075. Again, 203-444-4075 or shoot me an email at Heidi at com. And Nicole, if uh, people got some real estate needs for you, where can they reach you? Yeah, you can, again, call, text 203-430-5926. You can always find us at oneandcompany.com. Brian, anybody has any refinancing or new home purchase, any mortgage-related questions, where could they find you this week? Sure. So if you want to talk about your current mortgage or your next mortgage on the new house, you can schedule time to talk with me on my website. It's ScheduleLoanAppointment.com. ScheduleLoanAppointment.com. Wow, you bought that, huh? Schedule loan I, appointment. I, I own it. You're lucky I didn't buy that. I'm a, it's going to be big. I'm going to sell that domain for $2 million. I'm a domain hoarder. Retire. ScheduleLoanAppointment.com wow. <laughs> to get Brian Skelly over at William Ravis Mortgage. We appreciate uh, everybody over at WDRC for the show, and we'll see you guys next week on Real Estate Radio. Once again, if you want to join us, that's Real Estate Agent Scholarship. <laughs> Have a great rest of your Sunday, folks. We'll see you next week. Real Estate Radio, WDRC, the talk of Connecticut.